Raider Nation, what is the deal, man? Once again, you're not you're watching another episode of the Sick Podcast with the Raiders recap. And today on this lovely Monday morning, man, we are going to recap the game that went on on Saturday against the Los Angeles Rams, man. A lot of great things to talk about. Gonna go through the winners, gonna go through the losers. Also, give you our game MVP, and y'all pretty much know who that is. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get this intro started and let's get it cracking. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Raiders Recap. Jacobs, Jacobs with running room right up the middle, Jacobs is on his way, the Raiders are going to win this game. The sickest Las Vegas Raiders podcast, it's going to be sick. Is the deal once again you're watching the sick podcast with the Raiders recap make sure you guys are tapping on that like and subscribe button and hit on the little notification bell so you don't miss any updates that we drop like this one right here but like I said man we got to go over the game from Saturday against the Los Angeles Rams yesterday Sunday I took all day yesterday right to watch film all 22 tape see who really stood out to me on the tape because I can't just watch the broadcast right I got to see it again see who did they think so i got a list of winners got a list of losers and full disclosure my list of losers is very short right very short because once again when you win 34 17 not a lot of losers right i mean if, if there are a lot of losers for you then you're just nitpicking you know and, and all power to you but at the end of the day i saw more positive than i did negative so without further ado let's go through the winners losers then we're gonna recap the whole game right so let's go ahead start with the negatives let's start with the losers right biggest loser of the night we pretty much all can guess it say it with me brian hoyer that is the biggest loser of the night i mean when he got in the offense was lackluster no rhythm right at the end of the day everything was stagnant when you're talking about um what what the offense was doing with brian hoyer now he did look good in that two-minute situation the two-minute situation, I give him credit for that. In that two minutes, he looked very good, looked crisp, right? It looked like he he was he had a better rhythm about himself when he was able to speed up the tempo of the offense. But, I mean, they left him in there for a whole quarter, whatever, quarter, quarter and a half, and did not an absolute thing with that. Three points. Now, a little bit of it can be forgiven because everybody's asking, why would you even put Brian Hoyer in? Why would he even be in there? A little bit of it can be forgiven once you find out that they were actually trying to instill a quarterback competition for that QB2 spot, right? And now many of you would say, well, obviously Aiden O'Connell is the quarterback too. But it's not fair to either if you just say, well, immediately Aiden is the quarterback too. You got to see them in the game situations. Now we know definitively that Aiden is the quarterback too, right, because of the play on Saturday. So it, a little bit of it can be forgiven why Brian Hoyer was in there as much as he was because it was an actual competition for the QB2 spot, and he failed his audition. He failed his tryout. So the simple as that, right? But at the end of the day, um, he's my biggest loser. And anybody's talking about we got to get rid of Brian Hoyer, I won't go that step far. Yes, he was fucking terrible. But at the end of the day, we must remember his sole purpose in being here. The sole purpose is to be the teacher to O'Connell, right? That is the sole purpose. If he gets on the field, that's the absolute worst case scenario that can happen, right? But at the end of the day, he's here to be a teacher, and that's what he's going to be. So that's my first loser of the night. Second loser of the night, tight end Austin Hooper. 
Why do I put Austin Hooper? He wasn't even in there for a long time. Because when you're in there in the preseason, right, and you're a veteran, and you know you're not going to get a lot of snaps. You're going to get limited snaps. You got to make the most of the snaps. And we saw him having an egregious drop, right, a terrible drop. Um, and at the end of the day, we know who's going to be the tight end, too, behind Michael Mayer, but we can't have those type of drops. Now, maybe it's rushed, right, and it's just, you know, it's just – things he got to work out because he hasn't been in the game situation. But at the end of the day, you know, we need to come down with those footballs. Those the, those easy catches right there that, that he can make, that we know he can make, he's got to come down with those. So just for that, he's a loser. Like I said, not too many losers because at the end of the day, the Raiders played pretty well on all three facets, but there were some things that can be corrected. So my next loser of the night, Amik Robertson. Why do I say Amik Robertson? I mean – Amik is one of those players that just frustrates the shit out of me. Why does he frustrate the shit out of me? Because he's there. He's in position. Most of the times he'd be giving up catches and shit. He'd be actually in position to make a play. But I don't know if it's the frame, you know, his measurements that prevents him from making a play on some of these receivers. But he's always on the wrong side of plays, man. Like that one, I mean, although it's a hard pass to defend, the little back shoulder he gave up for about like 30 yards, right? 30 plus. That that was that was tough, right? That was a tough one because he was there. Um, he had a pick six that he could have grabbed, did not grab. So at the end of the day, now we're sitting there two, over oh two, right? And, and, and those plays stick out when you're trying to make a roster, when you're trying to beat somebody out for a spot, especially in preseason. Those plays are gonna stick out to coaches on film. I mean, shit, it stuck out It stuck out to me on all 22. So at the end of the day, you know, he's another one of my losers. Last loser of the night, man, has to be Christian Wilkerson, number 83. And, and this is, might be surprising for some of y'all. Why do I think he's a loser? Not because he necessarily played terrible, right? But it, I think he was just too inconsistent, especially if you're on a roster bubble and with as much talent as the Raiders have in that wide receiver room, you can't be inconsistent. That's just the name of the game, right? You got you got top five receiver, um, damn near top five slot receiver, uh, perfect number two receiver in Jacoby Myers, and then the death just continues. You know Trey Tucker is going to make the roster, right? And the way Phil, no, we're going to talk about him in a little bit, but the way Philip Dorsett was playing, you can't be inconsistent. We know DeAndre Carter is going to make the roster because of his kick return, punt return ability. So at the end of the day, you have to set yourself apart. And now it's looking like, you know, Wilkerson was a little too inconsistent. Now, towards the end of the game, he started to do things good. You know, he started to pick it up a little bit more. But he had some drops that were a little, eh, you know, a little, little iffy there. So that's the list of losers from Saturday's game. Now, some of you might agree. Some of you might disagree. If you do, if you don't, go ahead. Comment down below why you do or don't disagree, right? And we can talk about it. But... Now, let's transition to our winners, a little positive side, a little more, little more winners than losers, right? So here we have first winner, Isaiah Palomao, grabbed himself a pick six interception. And in the preseason, when you're making plays and when you're trying to show a coaching staff that you, de- you belong on the field, you deserve to be on the field. And, and from all accounts, from what we're hearing, man, he's going to be the safety three from when the season gets underway. So if that's the case, Isaiah Palomao made himself a very strong case of just being a playmaker. This is something we've been hearing throughout all training camp, that he's just been a playmaker. He's just been in spots. And and this is something that I was happy to see. I think this guy is going to be the weapon X for the Raiders defense, the guy that can 
play multiple positions, safety, linebacker, wherever you need him to go. And he made a very strong case for that on Saturday with his pick six. So it was good to see him make plays. Second winner of the night, Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett had an amazing game. He had a great, great drive with Brian Hoyer to end the, the first half, you know, in that two-minute drill. Then he came back in the second half and continued his strong performance. I think, you know, if, if he continues to play like that, I think that he's going to make this roster, right? It's going to be Devontae, Hunter, Jacoby, him, Trey Tucker, and DeAndre Carter, right? I think I think those are the guys right there that you'll be able to be comfortable with going in on Sundays, veteran leadership, nice speed, good route running. He showed it all on Saturday. So I think Philip Dorsett did nothing but favors for himself as far as making the roster goes when, when, when it comes down for cut time. Next win, uh, uh, next winner of the, of the game, right? I think this guy had a hell of a game. Rookie linebacker Drake Thomas. If you watched him, he was all over the field. And, and a lot of people were, were loving Amari Bernie the week before. What Drake Thomas did this week is what I was wanting to see from Amari Bernie last week. You feel what I'm saying? And didn't get to see that. This guy was aggressive. This guy filled holes. He was in the spots he needed to be. Took on blockers, right? And, and just completely, completely fucked the Rams running game when he got in there. He was like a a a hot missile right he was a hot missile coming through and, and just disrupting plays and that's exactly what we need from our linebackers our linebackers are called to be aggressive in the system like we saw Robert Spillane his first drive come in and feel right he filled that run gap filled that run lane and stopped the running back at the line of scrimmage or just for a game of, uh, of one that's what these linebackers need to do in this system because the d-line is hunting right the d-line is coming so at the end of the day it's up to the linebackers to decipher what the D-line is doing based on their aggressiveness and fill the holes. Amari Bernie didn't do that as much for me. Now, Drake Thomas, what we saw, that is what I want to see. So uh, hopefully he gets uh, some more burns, some more tick next week against the Cowboys. But at the same time, man, I, I really loved what I saw from Drake Thomas. So that is another one of my winners, man. So next winner coming on here for Saturday's game, got to look at David Long Jr. Right. And David Long Jr., I talked about Amik Robertson not making plays. David Long Jr. made his plays. And this is a guy that's been hurt during training camp. He was hurt a lot. We haven't seen a lot of him. And, and you know, now that we're seeing him in a game situation, he showed his ass. Right. He showed his ass. He sat there and gave us nice pass breakups, was in position, was not sitting there looking lost in the defense at the end of the day. Not saying other people were, but he made plays on the football one long pass breakup that really sticks in my craw. It was, I believe it was like third down, crucial moment, crucial stop, ended up getting it, right? And then got one in the little intermediate short routes as well. So I think he played a hell of a game. I think he was very sticky. I think he did himself a lot of favors. If he continues to play like that throughout the week, you know, throughout the game during with Dallas, you might see him make it over guys like, you know, Duke Shelley right now and Sam Webb. All these guys are fighting for the same position. Duke Shelley, Sam Webb, David Long Jr. They're all fighting for that outside spot. So it's going to be see who wins, who wins that. But David Long Jr. definitely did himself a lot of favors on Saturday, right? So boom, second winner, last to second winner of the night, DeAndre Carter. Why do I put DeAndre Carter on here? I think he just showed his explosiveness. With that kick return, punt return ability, 
the Raiders special teams has been has played very, very well these last two preseason games. If you've been really paying attention, the special teams has helped the Raiders it tremendously with their field position. And DeAndre Carter was no exception to that on Saturday. When we talk about field position, he completely flipped a lot of the Raiders' field position, you know, coming into that game. And last year, that was a problem as well. We didn't really have the kick return, the, the, the punt return people to flip field position. So we're always starting on our 20 or we're starting somewhere deep in our own territory. Like now, I feel like this year, this is going to change with the explosiveness, with the quickness we have in that special teams game. It's now going to change from being in our own territory to now being on plus side of the field, right? And that's only going to open the offense up more, allow it for more scoring drive, scoring opportunity. So with DeAndre Carter, he even showed a little bit in the offensive game, but that kick return special teams, Ability is going to really set us apart um, when it comes to winning games. And hopefully that's going to allow us to win some more games and the ball to bounce more our way, right? So DeAndre Carter, last winner. And now we get to the MVP of the game, which all of you know who the MVP of this game is for the second straight week in a row, Mr. Aiden O'Connell. Now I asked the question to all of you Raider fans, and let's be honest with ourselves, because I know we have PTSD when it comes to seeing players perform. Is this kid the real deal, bro? Is this kid for real? Because at the end of the day, from what we saw, and all I wanted to see was consistency, right? When we were talking about the 49ers game last week, all I said was, will he be able to do it again? Because all the great quarterbacks should have one trait in common, consistency. All great quarterbacks have that trait in common because at the end of the day, you know, week in, week out, they're going to come out here and they're going to play their ass off and they're going to try to lead their teams to a victory as best they can, right? Will Aiden O'Connell be that? We still don't know. But for two straight weeks, he has shown great poise, great leadership, great command of the offense, accuracy, man, and, and me, something I grade very harshly in quarterbacks, right? This is just me personally. Don't have to be y'all, but me personally. I feel like if you're going to be a great quarterback, if you're going to be a good quarterback, you have to, emphasis on have to, be good in the red zone. There's no other way around it. All the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, right, all the great quarterbacks we've ever watched were very, very good in the red zone. Now, you can be good from 25 to 25, but that doesn't do you much good if all you're getting is field goal, field goal, field goal, and more than likely, you're probably not going to win the game against a guy of the likes like Patrick Mahomes or or Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. When you're going to compete with that, right, and you may not have the athletic prowess of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, right, maybe even Justin Herbert. Let's be honest, Aiden O'Connell is not that. But what he is can be deadly accurate and can be a surgeon, a technician, right, and, and – that's something that, that is very lost in today's NFL. We always want the guy with the measurements, with the with the creative player ability, right? But with this kid right here, he just he just does what he does, bro. He does what he does. Accurate, right? Puts the ball where it needs to be. And, and when he got in, the offense immediately sparked up. The offense immediately started moving how they were supposed to. And there's one play that stuck in my that stuck in my mind, right? The whole time. And, you know, it's not the touchdown pass, although real sweet. Not the little 40-yard bomb to Trey Tucker, although that was good. And we'll get into Trey Tucker a little later. What it was, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a throw 
right? And, and I believe it was number 86, tight end slash fullback. He was running a little out route, right? Now, most quarterbacks, if if you see your guy running an out route, you give it to him on his shoulder here as he turns around, right? You give it to him on the shoulder there, let him turn, get here. But this, this throw stood out to me because instead of leading him on this shoulder, that left shoulder, he gave it to him on this right shoulder and led him upfield for an additional five yards. That's special. You feel what I'm saying? Now, if that could translate to Sundays, we'll see. But the ability to do that as a rookie, to know if I can lead him on this shoulder here, on his up shoulder, and get him going up instead of having to hear and turn around, that's just more ability for him to have some yak yardage, right? More ability for our receiver to catch the ball in stride, not have to do all that turning and all that other shit, and still, boom, catch it and give us five extra yards. That right there stood out to me because not many quarterbacks are able to, to locate and pinpoint where they want to put the ball and lead their receiver to more open yardage. That is a trait that might be special, and we have to continue to look for it. I want him to play a majority of that Dallas game because I need to see this man against some starters. Now, when he played in San Francisco with, against San Francisco, there's some starters on that field now. Don't get it twisted. So everybody that's trying to diminish what's going on, understand, Frisco was playing some of their starters too. And the Rams were playing guys that they probably are going to be using as depth on Sundays. But at the end of the day, they're still going to be making the team. Now, I want to see this guy against starter-level competition. And then when we see that and he performs well there, if he performs well there, we're going to have to have a real conversation about what this kid can be, right? But as of right now, we're going to enjoy the little things, let him enjoy and bask in the wind and say he is the MVP for this second game for sure. So what is the recap of the game? If you didn't watch the game, you see my winners, my losers, but what is the recap of the entire game, right? What are we? What did we learn? Another thing that we learned, number one, the Raiders' run defense did not look good, okay? Although for all the positives we talked about, run defense was iffy, suspect at best, right? Even with the starters in there, the first drive, the, the Rams kind of sliced through us a little bit. I didn't like it. Interior didn't really get no push. Um, I mean, everybody's impressed with him, but Diablo, I don't I, – I, I'm not impressed with Diablo, bro. That's just me. You feel what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people want Diablo to be this special player, which he can be. He full, fully well can be. But me personally, he, it's, not, it's not a guy that I'm high on, right, because – at the end of the day, yes, when he's in there, he can have some some special plays throughout a game, but it's not consistent, bro. And number two, his health ability always scares me. So that's one, right, with, with him. I didn't really like how the linebackers feel. Spillane came in there a little bit. You know, he, he thumped a little bit, but the run defense got to get got to get right. Right. Number two, number two, when the Raiders have a play action game going, right, and the play action is strong. This offense is going to be hard to fuck with. It's just plain, plain simple, bro. And when Josh Jacobs comes back with Devontae Adams on the field and all these weapons, even with Jimmy Garoppolo in there, it's going to be hard. To, it's going to be hard to play with, right? What we learned about this offensive line was that that interior push with Andre James, and, and we didn't even have Dylan Parham, but that interior push with Andre James and, and you know Greg Van Roden is going to be real nice on that right side. I mean. We even saw Thayer Mumford get in there and play his ass off, which very, very well, right, right, that makes me happy 
right? That makes me happy as, as much as it can because Thayer Mumford being your starting right tackle and being your cornerstone right tackle means a lot to this franchise if that can be the case, right? That means a lot to this franchise. So seeing him play well made me happy. Raiders offensive line did they thing, right? Once again, I didn't really like our consistency of our outside run game. If I'm nitpicking, didn't really like the consistency of the outside run game, but our inside run game is deadly. And I like where it's going. Play action game is deadly as well, right? So when we're seeing all that, very happy with that. What's, what's next, right? What's next? If we're being honest with ourselves, although I told you I didn't really like the, uh, the, the run defense, the defense really only gave up 10 points because the offense of Brian Hoyer gifted the Rams with a pick six, and that's what made it 17 to, to 34. But at the end of the day, right, the defense only gave up 10 points. They only gave up 10 points. So now when you're looking at it, the defense played very well. And if you're only giving up 10 points, that means you should very damn well win a game, right? So, so far, although it hasn't looked the same, right, the defense hasn't looked the same level of dominance as they did from week one to week two, if you're looking at the scoreboard and looking at how the Rams were moving the ball, I mean, they were strong in the red zone. Even though the Rams drove, once they got to the red zone, they were stalled because the Raiders' defense bowed up, which we've been asking for, and, and at the end of the day, got physical when they needed to. Now, this is what we've been asking for a Raiders team for I don't know how long. Be better in the red zone, offense and defense. Be better in the red zone, both of them. So now that we see, might have a quarterback that can dime in there, that can dot in the red zone. We might have a defense that even though they drive, they still bow up, Get strong, right? And at the end of the day, keep them out of the end zone. That's the four-point swing, right? That's the four-point swing that kills the Raiders, that has been killing the Raiders for years upon years. The four-point swing, bro. Got to be better in the red zone, and that showed itself on Saturday. Last but not least, bro, um, no, two things, actually. One, special teams unit, like I said, has been playing lights out. Our special teams, if they continue to play like this, we might, we might change our fortune in a couple of games because a lot of people do forget about the special teams phase of it. But last year, the, the, the Raiders special teams was okay. You still got Daniel Carlson, still got all that. But come to the field position game of it, we were losing that a lot. Now this year, we might be able to flip that. So let's see what happens there. That might be able to change our fortune. Last but not least, okay, we got to get Josh Jacobs back. We got to get Josh Jacobs back. I anticipate him to come back this season. So anybody that's saying he's not going to come back, you know, it, it, I do anticipate to see him coming back this season at the end of the day. But we saw how Jimmy looked. We saw how some of the first team offense looked. It's just going to be more deadly with him in there, right? Because right now Zeus hasn't displayed the ability to sit there and make us comfortable and say this guy can be RB1. Not saying he's done anything super terrible, but at the end of the day, when you're as a fan base used to seeing – a level of excellence, a level of dominance from your running back position. And then now you see what Zamir is. He's just plain, simple, going to do what he do. You feel what I'm saying? Josh is going to be special because that's what he is. So when you're going from special to a guy like Zamir, who is just a steady back, you know, it's going to leave your people wanting more. So when you're seeing this offense and seeing the success they already have in the run game, with Zamir White, imagine what it looks like with Josh Jacobs, right? And that's what we're saying. So when he does come back, it's going to be real nasty. Hopefully he comes back this week because he's going to have to start getting that rhythm. I don't care how much he's been training. I don't care how much he's been practicing, bro. To come back week one, he's going to start slow if he does that. 
I'm just letting y'all know that right now. Even if it's against the Broncos, bro, he's not going to have the best start. And if he does, I will gladly eat my words. I don't give a shit. I just want the Raiders to win. I just want everybody to be successful. But just, just thinking about it, bro, I think that if he does come back for week one, no practice, no training camp, he's going to start slow that week one. It's going to take him a minute to get that rhythm. And then when he does, we'll be on. But at the end of the day, I would love him to be here now, get the rhythm now. I mean, because we know how this is going to resolve, bro. He's going to be on the team. So I would love to see him get the rhythm now. But, hey, at the end of the day, we'll see what happens with that. So just gave you my winners. Just gave you my losers. Gave you the recap of the game. Comment down below what you feel. If you agree, if you disagree, man, let's holler about it in the comments, man. Make sure you're liking the channel. Make sure you're liking the video. Subscribing to the channel, man. Share it out to all your Raider fans, man. Raider friends. Whoever likes the Raiders, man, share it out. Come join us, man. Come have a good time. But at the end of the day, man, make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're liking. This has been another episode of the Sick Podcast with the Raiders Recap. Man, let's play that outro, man, and let's get it cracking. I'll see y'all next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Raiders Recap on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.